0: Generator now you'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com/tutor.
1: Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
3: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome to the Tudor Dixon podcast. We are continuing our coverage of the war in Israel, and I know we've all been watching as many Americans have come out publicly on opposing sides of the war. We've seen the social media posts that say, hashtag, I stand with Israel, and we've seen the Hamas sympathizers. I think for many of us, those who appear to be sympathizing with terrorists are quite shocking, especially as we continue to hear the horrific stories of people being hunted down and slaughtered in their own homes. Some of the latest are parents being forced to watch the brutal rape of their two daughters before they themselves were murdered and the young girls were taken hostage. Another of a pregnant mother who was literally cut to pieces By these monsters who had taken months or even more to plan a vicious terror spree targeting civilians in israel after hearing these stories we wonder how can anyone side with the terrorists but propaganda and social media influencers can be quite well influencing Now, these folks who are siding with Hamas, they will likely tell you they are siding with the Palestinians, who they would say are oppressed by the Israelis. They'll tell you Palestinian land was stolen and the Palestinian people are now living in fear at the mercy of Israelis. The rhetoric back and forth has become so extreme that I felt many of us were actually losing track of the truth. I myself want to explain it to my own children, but the truth is so complex, I felt we needed a historian to tell us. The True Path of Israel's Israel to the Promised Land in Modern Day. One of my favorite historians is Tim Barton, the president of Wall Builders. So I am so grateful you are on the show today. Thank you, Tim, for joining us and helping us to kind of unpack the history here so that we can help people really understand what's going on today in Israel.
4: Thanks for having me on. And this is such an important conversation that unfortunately you're right. So few people know this history and yet it's such a polarized time and, and, and people are seeing what's happening and they're picking sides. And sometimes people are picking a side without knowing the history of the situation. And they just bought into this propaganda, not knowing it was propaganda they were being sold. Uh, and so I'm so grateful that, that we're going to have this conversation today to hopefully explain to more people some of the history and reality of Israel.
0: Yeah, especially here in Michigan. I know that people are really split on this. We have a big Palestinian population and we have a big Israeli population. And so we see a real divide in the United States that we really haven't been used to. We haven't seen people that are so passionate about a war before in our generation, but this is happening. And we've seen that President Biden has come out strongly with Israel. We see the forces being building up on the border there. We know that there is a plan of going in at some point and that the United States backs Israel, but we still have these people. I mean, especially you you just saw Harvard, all of these students that came out and they wrote this letter and now they're kind of backtracking. And even today, they're asking now for somebody to fund a GoFundMe because they need mental health help after signing this paper. But that to me is, I mean, as silly as that sounds and we can make fun of that, really... It's a lack of understanding of history. So that's what I want to get into. I mean, let's go back deep into this. But then I also want to say, how did we get to where we are today in this current war there's constantly a conflict over there. What's going on? Can you take us back?
4: I think one of the things as we look back at some of the history of, of Israel and, and, and was, was it Israel and then became Palestine and when did that happen and and why is it this big conflict today? I, I think it's important for people to, to realize that a lot of the way we view history, we've been taught to view it through a Marxist lens, where historically we're told that in Marxism, there's only two groups of people. There's the oppressed and the oppressors, and therefore historically, everybody feels falls in one of two categories. Either they were oppressed or they're the oppressor, which is really a bad take of, of humans and civilizations, uh, realizing that historically, history gets messy and people aren't always good. They're not always bad. Uh, not everybody in the nation is always good or bad either. But when it, it goes back to the land of Israel. What's quite fascinating is over in Israel, some of the, the deepest and richest history is available, archaeologically speaking, in Israel, where they have been able to date things thousands and thousands of years back. And it actually lines up with a lot of the actual history of Israel. And this is something that, that as a person of faith... It's really fun for me to be able to go to Israel on multiple occasions and go to some of these archaeological sites, especially as a historian, and see some of these things and it's confirmation of things that we find in the Bible. But the reality is this: this is history. And so the Bible was telling part of the story of what happened. But for example, in Israel, they have identified what they believe to be the palace of King David in Jerusalem. And it's super fun to be there, but they actually have archaeology that identifies things back to the kingdom of David and to the tribe of David and to the city of David. These are archeological things. They have inscriptions written all the way back to this, what's known as kind of this, uh, that would be first temple period, but coming into the second temple period as well, all the way back 600 BC and prior they're finding archeological evidence that has Jewish writing on it. So some of the brief history is as you look at Israel, Israel has been in the land known as Israel. And actually their, their borders used to be much, much larger, but that area today we know is Israel. That was part of the the kingdom of Israel all the way back to, we people maybe heard of King David and, and maybe they've heard the story of, of David killing Goliath, right? That story, most people, whether you're a person of faith or not, they probably heard that story at some point, well, David, King David was a real person. He actually lived in the area of Israel. And after David, he had a son, Solomon. And then again, all of this, the Bible talks about this, but this is actually archaeological, uh, historical data that they're able to find things from these different kings. Uh, King Solomon was there and then King Solomon had sons and they fought over the throne. So the kingdom split. When the kingdom split, it split into Israel In Judea. And so actually, if you kind of look back in an early era, a couple thousand years ago, uh the the area that became Israel was conquered, and Judea was the only thing that remained. And so if you were looking back at the Jews, where are the Jews from? They were from Judea. Well, that was part of the kingdom of Israel uh before it divided as a nation. Well, then you have the Babylonians that come and conquer them. 500 something BC. Uh, then you have the Romans that conquer them uh, closer to, I guess it's about 60 to 70 AD is when the Romans first come and conquer. And interestingly, this is where the name changes from Israel and the name changed. It was changed to Palestine. Now that's that's, that's kind of our English understanding of the word, but the name change was actually to Peleshet and Peleshet, the Hebrew word was referring to one of the Israelites' noted enemies. In English, we know it as the Philistines. In fact, when David killed Goliath, Goliath was a Philistine. And so when Rome came in, Rome wanted to suppress the Jewish culture, the Jewish religion, because Rome wanted to flex their muscles and prove that we were in charge. And so they changed the name of Israel To the name of Israel's enemy, their their arch enemy for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, the Philistines. What's kind of interesting, Mm. though is the Philistines were a a traveling, sailing people. They were people of the sea. Uh, it's believed they were actually from Greece. So the word Palestine, which is what it was Israel was changed to Palestine, it actually wasn't referring to Arabs. There were obviously Arabs living in the area, but it was changed after Israel's arch enemy, which were the Philistines. Well, for the next thousands of years, arguably, until really way closer to 1900, The area of Israel was often known as Southern Syria. In fact, when you have the Ottoman Empire, they're coming into power. They called the area of Israel. They didn't call it Palestine. They called it Southern Syria because that was kind of one of the Muslim areas, one of the Muslim kingdoms. And so it wasn't until the 1900s that there was beginning to be debates. And the name was really kind of etched in stone, so to speak. This is Palestine. Only since the 1900s. And when this happened then there began to be some debates over it. and of course after World War 1 when England is in charge of that area specific Israel and, and and there was a lot of different discussions and a lot of peace treaties they had but but the Muslims were the ones that were in charge of Israel however at that time, the Jewish people who were there, they were known as Palestinian Jews. And it wasn't it wasn't a thing that Palestinians were a specific people. Palestinians or the, the Palestine was still an area. So Palestinians was everybody living in the area. So for example, saying you're an American. So
0: there were still Israelis living there? There absolutely so we were we would see as yeah,
4: okay. there were Jews still living there. So saying you're Palestinian is like saying you're American. That, that that's not necessarily a reflection of your color, of, of your culture, of your language language of your heritage. It's recognizing a region and where you lived. And really it's not till the 1920s or thirties that there was a group of Muslims who begin to say that Palestinians, it's really only for the Muslims and only Muslims because we're the people of the land and it's our land. Well, it was a, it was a rivalry debate over who was going to have control and charge of the land. And Jews were still calling it Judea, even at that point, which if you go back for thousands of years, Jews called it Judea all the way and back in the time of the Romans. They continued to call it Judea. And again, this is where if you go to the archaeological sites, you're not going to find things from the Muslim religion, the, the Muslim nations in archaeological sites in israel in fact even if you look at the quran the word palestine that that nation appears nowhere in the quran this is something that's much more of a modern perception and if if Right, The argument is that this has always been Muslim land, and of course, they say one of their holiest sites is over in Jerusalem. Well, it's just interesting. If it's one of their holiest sites, you would think there would be mention of it in the Quran, their holy book, but there's not. And the reason is because this has become much more of a a 20th century. The 1900s is when this debate really came into full force. And and so then when you have Israel becoming a nation in 1948, then you have the 1967 war, there's a lot of progress along the way, but historically... It's always been the nation of Israel. It's always been the the land of Israel and then Judea, right? The Jews were of Judea and, and Judea even came for those that, that might look back and maybe I'm, I'm assuming too much that the name Israel came from, there was a man, his name was Jacob. He encountered God. God said, your name is now Israel. He had 12 sons. His 12 sons had their own families and they became the 12 tribes of Israel. Those were the sons. And one of the sons was Judah. So when the kingdom divided into the northern and southern kingdom, one kingdom maintained the name Israel, which was after the... the at that point, like a great, great, whatever, grandfather, father. And one shows the name Judah because David, King David was of the lineage of Judah. So that's even where Israel and Judah come from. The history of the land of Israel has always been on the side of the Jewish people. It's only been in the 1900s that this has become a debate. And, And really it's only the 1900s that you had the Muslims who were living there say that Palestinians now is not describing a land area. It's describing a specific people. So, this is a much more modern debate. When when people are saying that the land should go back to those that originally owned it, well, it wouldn't go back to the Palestinian Muslims, because they've only really claimed that as as their location since the 1900s. You'd have to go way back before that to Israel. The oldest archaeological artifacts you're going to find in Israel are from the Jewish people. And, and this is where if we just start looking at the evidence available to us, because everything I'm saying right now, this isn't even controversial stuff. This is stuff historically agreed upon that archaeologically confirmed evidence. It's just that people don't know it. And when you only look at history through the lens of the oppressed and the oppressor, and you're going to put certain people in certain categories, and of course, in our modern culture uh, in America, right, if, if you are a white Christian male, you are going to be in the category of the oppressor because you're the bad people. Well, there are people that for right thousands of years, they've hated the Jews, um, Uh, And there are people today that still hate the Jews. There's people in America that hate Christians. And so they're going to blame Christians or they're going to blame conservatives. They're They're going to blame white males. There's people that look through this lens of there's only oppressed and oppressors. And if they feel oppressed, they're going to find someone they're going to claim as the oppressor. And really, a lot of this a lot of this hatred goes more to an anti-Semitism issue than it does to the reality of the land of Israel.
0: Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 Tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com Tutor.
1: Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
5: between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid
0: And I think that's something that we've seen in our schools, in our universities, in our K through 12, is this idea of oppressed and oppressor. And this is, you know, the victimhood that's stretched out into all different categories. Right. So you can fall into many different categories of victimhood in the United States. And it kind of primed people for this idea of, well, wait a minute, what side should I fall on in this age old war that has become a modern war? Right. But The question I have is, at what point did we end up with this kind of wall between Gaza and Israel? And when? at what point did Israel become, again, the land of the Jews and Gaza became the land of the Muslims, which has caused this conflict? Because we've seen that we have, I think it's about 20,000 Palestinians on the Gaza side that come into Israel every day to work. But then they obviously go back to Gaza. However, if we hear from the social media influencers, I would say, you're being told no. They're trapped in these open air prisons. They're using a lot of rhetoric that is making people go, "Oh, this is this became this time when the Israelites went in and took over Israel, and they have oppressed the Muslims in Gaza." So, can you go through that kind of modern twist of when Israel took over Gaza became a separate part? That wall between them kind yeah, of yeah. So, up.
4: when when you look back. Had the nations that were were the strong nations around Israel you had Egypt you had uh, Jordan you had Syria and when Israel becomes a nation in 1948 there was a, a contingent so so Hamas for example Hamas is a contingent of mud, Muslims but they are radical Muslims they they are more in the category of the Isis uh, belief and, and and is Islam certainly there are Muslims that are not radical that don't have the ideas that they should kill people uh, you know the, the, this notion of jihad that, 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 that the way they can please Allah uh, is to go and kill non-believers. There's certainly Muslims that do not have that belief. However, Israel has neighbors uh, that definitely there are, are are some of their neighbors that have that belief that they should go and they should kill the Jews. And Hamas is, is definitely a, a group that falls in that category. And so, when Israel becomes a nation, uh, they knew that they had certain groups that wanted their destruction. And so, at at one point after they become a nation, they do uh, put up a wall and a barricade and. Hamas uh, continues to commit acts.
0: And let me let me ask you: When they became a nation, was this like an overtaking of land? People got thrown out. What? How exactly did that? Occur? Uh, so
4: there, uh, initially there was a war, and, and it, there's uh, so there, there's two there's two moments. There's 1948. There's 1967. Uh, there's a seven day war, and it, both of these are, are are easy things for people to do a quick search on. Uh, but yes, the the short of it is there was a war, and also recognizing uh, that there were groups at that point that were saying. We're going to kill the Jews, and so the Jews said, "We're going to defend ourselves." And when they defended themselves, they were able to uh, take over sections of land. And they said, "We're going to live here, and we're going to protect ourselves in this area." So had had their Muslim neighbors been peaceful and loving toward them, right? We kind of we hear often that that Islam is a religion of peace, and it is maybe for some certainly Muslims. It's definitely not for all Muslims. And had all Muslims believed this notion of it's a religion of peace and been peaceful, arguably the Jewish people would have probably remained quite content where they were. But certainly when there are people that are seeking your extermination and you rise up and then you're able to win a battle, you say, okay, well, we're keeping this land and we are going to make a nation to protect and defend ourselves. And, and, and arguably, again, this is them reclaiming their homeland in many regards, uh, because this has been the history of uh, this land area for thousands and thousands of years. But there was a war. Uh, they should have been wiped out. I mean, absolutely wiped out. When you're having a war against Egypt and Jordan and Syria, and they have the superior weapons, yeah. they have the tanks, they have the planes, and you are outnumbered and you have some guns. And I mean, really like. They, Israel should have been wiped off the map. The Jews should have been totally destroyed. But there was miracle after miracle after miracle, which historically, there's some really fun battles you can look at where one side should have been defeated and then something really unusual happens. Some kind of miracle, whether it's weather, uh, whether it, it's, it's some kind of anomaly that happens and one side survives, that's what happened with Israel. And certainly they believe that God was protecting them. They believe God was on their side, but there was a war. They should have been wiped out somehow they survive and they form their own nation. But there are people living in the nation at that time that still want their destruction. And so Israel says, okay, well, you guys get to live in this side of the nation, and we're we're not going to allow you to have freedom because we don't want to be killed. That was part of what led to things like the Gaza Strip. Now, it's also worth noting, since 2005, Israel Do not they? They do not go into the Gaza area. They have given that Gaza area over completely to Muslim control, and they had elections back in 2005. And in 2005, they elected Hamas as the political leaders of Gaza. In and this is where we hear people in the news today say, "Not everybody who lives in Gaza they don't all support Hamas, but Israel is oppressing all of them." Okay, that in fairness, not everybody living in Gaza supports what Hamas is doing. That is true. But they did elect them. And, and this is a little bit like saying, right, you can definitely speak to this in Michigan. There's a lot of people in Michigan that do not support the current leadership, the current governor of Michigan. And yet you can look and be like, OK, but Michigan, right, like there was a vote that happened. And, and that, not to get too much in that, because we can talk about maybe some in, integrity of elections going forward. However, the point is, if you look at what happened in Gaza, there was a vote and they voted for these people. And so even though not everybody there supports what they're doing, this is the elected leaders of the Gaza Strip. And Israel has Israel got tired of being accused of being the oppressor of these people who were literally, many of them wanted to kill the Jews. And Israel said, fine, then, then you guys get to control the land. So 2005, they gave all of the land over and actually – The nation of Israel told any Jews living in Gaza, they were forced to relocate. They said, you have to give up your home. You can't live there anymore because we will not be able to protect you. So you have to come live in the rest of the land of Israel so we can protect you. They did a forced relocation of the Jewish people to give the Gaza Strip over entirely to the Muslim population. So there's literally no Jews living in Gaza at this point at all anymore. And as you already identified, there's still a working relationship between many of the people in Gaza and the Jews, but where people get, uh, especially on social media, they'll get in a hissy fit now saying, but Israel's oppressing them. Israel's doing the things. Why? Israel still sends money as, as, as part of a, uh, the way that a, 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 a governor, a mayor of a city would, would distribute funds throughout the city. Israel still sends distribution of funds to the area of Gaza. The problem is the leaders of Gaza, they take the money and they use it to buy weapons of war. They use it to do things to prop up their regime instead of doing things for the infrastructure of Gaza. So people will look at Gaza. And we'll hear accusations that Israel's not giving them clean water. No, Israel is piping water to them. And they'll take maybe pictures of the pipes coming in and say, yes, but look, our pipes are leaking. Okay, your pipes are leaking, but the pipes are leaking on your side of the Gaza Strip. And we are sending you money that you can take care of your roads. You can take care of the pipes. You can take care of the infrastructure. But the leaders in Hamas are not choosing to take the money and develop the infrastructure to make it a better place for people to live. They're taking that money and they're using it for acts of Terrorism. Just like we can look at what happened just recently, where Iran is sending them money, sending them weapons, and they're not trying to better the infrastructure of what's going on. In fact, there have been leaders of Hamas that openly said that we have no problem dying, where Israel's telling people, hey, evacuate out of Gaza, we're about to do a a." ground incursion where we're going to come in and we're going to, we're going to clean out these terrorists and the leaders of Amman said, guys, don't leave. We want you to stay. We would rather you stay here and die because we think death is totally fine. Right? It's, you're going to honor Allah and you're gonna get your virgins or whatever else is going to happen. And Israel is respecting life. Hamas doesn't respect life. So they don't care about the infrastructure of Gaza. What they care about is killing the Jews and carrying on their their holy war, so to speak. Now, with that being said, again, Israel has not been in Gaza since 2005. This has been a
0: Muslim-controlled area, and Israel is sending them a, a aid package. So wh- why do they send that? I mean, if they had elections, then it is not real— is Gaza still considered a part of Israel? Do they have some sort of control over that area? If Hamas is is has been elected, or how exactly does that whole split work? Do they still have? Because they're being called colonizers, you know. They're being—I mean—which is funny because you look at Syria and Lebanon and and Egypt all around them, and you're like, man, if they are colonizers, they're, they're really they really suck at this. You know, <laughs> they've got a very small piece of land, but this is being said that they, you know, they've done this to Gaza, but. How does that work? If Gaza is managed, if they've elected people, if they have their own government, then are they still under Israel's control in some way? They, they still live in the
4: nation of Israel, but Israel has okay. completely handed over control to the people in Gaza because, for for literally decades since Israel became a nation, there were accusations against them, and and, and again, this goes back to. This Marxist ideology, there's only two groups of people, the oppressed and the oppressors. And so Israel's been called an oppressor since they became a nation. And this is also, you know, uh, looking at media, one of those things strategically, if, if you are looking at media and we see this every campaign, people do this. Donald Trump was brilliant at this about labeling his opponents with some kind of moniker that degrades them on some level. So people think, right, it's sleepy Joe Biden, it's crooked Hillary, it's lying Ted Cruz, whatever it is, he gives Mm -hmm. them some kind of title and moniker. It sticks to them and people associate that with them. This is what happened. There was a media campaign saying Israel's the oppressor, Israel's the oppressor. And you're going, hang on a second. Israel's not the oppressor in any of this. But this is what the media ran with. And as the media ran with this narrative, Israel got tired of being called the oppressor because they said, look how you are oppressing the Muslims down in Gaza. And that's why in 2005 they said, "Okay, we're washing our hands of this. We're going to give Gaza over entirely to the Muslim people that live in the area. And we're going to tell them. Okay. You guys can make your own decisions. We're going to continue to fund you like we would every other city. We're going to continue to take care of you like we would every other city. But, but just like a, a mayor of the city, the city council in the city can choose what they do with the money that comes in. Israel said, you're going to choose what you do with this. And when you look at, at someone that is, is poorly managing things, right? Like if you look at, at Detroit, easy example right go back to the 1980s when detroit is one of the wealthiest cities in the world and then you look at what's happened under democrat leadership over the last 40 plus years and detroit now has has tens of thousands of homes that are uninhabitable right all of the issues and the problem were detroit that, that was an incredible city what has happened to it when you have bad leaders with bad policies it has a negative impact on everybody living there and this is what we have seen happen in Gaza, when they are showing pictures of the deterioration of the city, when they're showing pictures of the problems and the issues it's not a reflection on Israel not being a good host nation. It's a reflection on the bad leadership, the bad economic policies, the, the, the bad infrastructural development by those who have been elected officials, those in charge. And it's because Hamas doesn't care about the infrastructure. Hamas cares about killing Jews. That's really much more of their motivation. And, and again, we can say not everybody in Gaza probably wants to kill Jews. However, you can look and see the the celebrations that happen in Gaza, and there's a huge portion of people living in Gaza that celebrate the, the murdering of Jews, right? The killing of women and children, the dismembering of women and children. There are people cheering for that. And it's one thing, even for us in America, when we are seeing some of these, uh, these marches through cities and, and people are, are cheering on what Hamas has done, it's one thing if you say that Israel has been an oppressor and Hamas should be free. That's one thing. But then when you see what Hamas has done and you cheer that on, well, now you're in a different camp entirely. When you are cheering on the murder of children, the murder of women, the dismembering of women and children, you're you're not really fighting for the liberation. You're not cheering for the liberation of oppressed people.
0: Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. generator now you'll even get a solar panel included free go to
2: 4 patriots.com tutor tired of restless nights meet lisa the sleep experts <sighs> here at lisa we know that good sleep is essential for mental physical and emotional health that's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support catering to every sleep need check out lisa's sapira hybrid mattress named best hybrid mattress five years running sleep hot Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's leesa.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
6: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you, but consider this.
0: we have to point out here the iron dome is there because they've never stopped being attacked it's not because the the people in gaza have been like you know what cool thank you for giving us this portion we want to live in peace they've had to protect themselves and they are constantly deflecting missiles that come into israel i was on the, the plane with a guy years ago and he we got to talking and he was talking to my husband and me and and he said you guys don't understand what it's even like to have a bomb shelter in your house. And as ignorant as this is, I was like, man, I've never thought about that, you know, because we're so spoiled in the United States, but they live with bomb shelters in their homes because they are constantly under attack. So when people say, oh, they've been bombing Gaza. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> they are constantly under attack. They literally have to have something called the Iron Dome to protect them from missiles that are on, on, on replay uh, almost every single day. But this latest attack, was so twisted. I mean, I don't even know how to describe paratroopers coming in, and they believe that these were some of those folks that were actually working in Israel during the day that had infiltrated and said, here's the maps, here's how we shut down the system, here's how we get people in. And so we know that even though there are great relationships between Israelis and the folks and the Palestinians, there are bad actors. I mean, like you're saying, everywhere there's bad actors, but there are people that really genuinely want to exterminate the Jews. And we thought we were over this. I mean, 1948 was because of what had happened in World War II.
4: Right, right. Where Israel recognized that if they don't have their own nation, they will not be able to defend themselves. They cannot trust and rely on somebody else to protect and defend the Jews because it's never worked for them ever uh, in their history. And that's you're right. That's where they said we have to have our own nation. And that's where, as as they wanted their own nation, there were more people wanting them dead. There's there's a war. That that is the origins of the the reinstitution of the nation of Israel. And and to your point, right? Let's again back up and what just happened. Just a, a week or. Or so ago, when you look at what Hamas did, Hamas did not target a military. They, they did not target political leaders, the people that arguably would be in the oppressor category. They targeted civilians. They, they, they targeted villages where people have nothing to do with what the argument is, right? If the argument is Israel is the oppressor and, and, and the people in Gaza are the oppressed. If that's the argument, then you would target the political leaders. You would target the the military because that's who the enemy is. Not civilians at a music festival. Not moms who are in their homes with their kids who have the doors locked and you are kicking down the door going in and and you are raping the mom. You are murdering her. You're murdering the kids. That is is not how you find liberty or liberation from the oppressor. And yet that's exactly what happened. And, And this is where if we just looked at the facts of what just happened the situation it doesn't line up with what people are chanting as they're having marches in the united states and many of the major cities of our nation and they're they're Taking the side that Hamas is just fighting for their freedom and, and 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 they're trying to free Palestine, which also there's so many levels of irony. When you look at so many people joining these movements, when you look at people that are on the LGBTQIA right, plus whatever spectrum uh, of the alphabet that they're on and they're siding with the Palestinians. They, they are so ignorant of the fact that this is still when you look at Hamas, like these are the kind of people that they have videos where they will take homosexuals and they will stone them to death. They, they, these are the people that are throwing homosexuals from the rooftop of buildings because they believe that that's what they're supposed to do to homosexuals is to literally kill them, is to murder them. And we are so ignorant and naive in America That we have bought into this media narrative that that the people of Palestine, they just want to be free. Well, right now, if you want your freedom, you don't target women and children. You don't hide behind women and children in a war. That's not what you do. This is not a war for freedom. This is really a war against the Israeli people. And again, not the nation of Israel, because they didn't target the political leaders. They didn't target the military who would be in the category of the oppressor if that, in fact, were true. They targeted people that have nothing to do with this, quote-unquote, oppressor movement. That is really a good reflection of what their motives are. Their motives are not to find freedom. Their motives are to kill people.
0: Yeah, and it goes to show how powerful this propaganda is in this, this needing to belong in the United States, and I think that one of the things that we need to remember in the U.S. is that we don't know this culture. This is not the culture that we grow up in here in the United States. Like we, we assume that everybody is Western civilization, but it's not. And so you have a lot of people that are devastated that they feel that their friends have abandoned them and we've all seen, I think we've all seen the Star of David meme that has been traveling around where they go through the different groups and it's like when when they went after the people of color, I stood with them. When they went after the LGBT community, I stood with them. When they went after the Jews, I stood alone. And I think that's been really hard for all of us to see and our prayers have been with the Israelis and the Jewish people and these families, I just cannot understand how this could go on how people can do this and what the pain they are going through right now but i am so grateful to you for coming on today and explaining this to us because i think that we are all very much um, reacting emotionally and we needed to hear the truth so tim barton thank you so much for being here
4: thank you for coming on
0: And thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon podcast for this episode and others. You can go to com, subscribe right there, or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and join us the next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. Now you'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com/tutor.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty: Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics.